You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. So, Curtis, i got to tell you, after watching Hyper Battle, I am hyped. There is a hot new baby face in the territory. He's up and coming. He's taking names. He's winning it for his team. And I'm talking all about Jado. Can you be any Jado. more fired up about this young man? He's absolutely killing it. We've for for so long we've been asking for like aces to come back to the junior division, mm-hmm. and it's finally time. It is. You know we've got that hot new ace. He's gonna rule the roost, man. Despi, watch out. Yep. Hiromu, watch out. Yep. Watch your ass, ELP. Watch out, Taiji Shimori. It doesn't matter because you've got all of the experience mixed into one young explosive package, and I, for one, cannot wait to see what comes next. Speaking of uh, young explosive packages, maybe we need to introduce ourselves to the. Uh, <laughs> you like that transition, didn't that you? That was that was that was next level segue from you. I love it. Yeah. Well, my name is Curtis Spears, and thank you for tuning in today to the Okada Shorts Podcast, Episode Three. And uh, you're you're here with us, the kings of pod style, the international wrestling grand prix, Okada Shorts. Uh, with me, as always. Rafe Houston, your friend, my hero. How you doing today, Rafe? You all right, buddy? What it is, what's up? Yeah, I'm good, man. I am awake. Rafe.exe has powered up at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning. It actually took me, looking at this time, 55 minutes to uh, get powered up and uh, get on the phone with Curtis, who's awake at midnight in the UK. So I uh, appreciate your patience with me, man, but like eyes were at 30%, you know, Ears would not engage and hear alarm, you know, all these kind of things. Full on vacation mode, but yeah, I well, understand. that's it. We're talking third day of vacation, third episode of Okada Shorts, third day of vacation, and oh I uh, cannot. Three shows wait. we really need to talk about. Yeah, three. It's it's all about the threes, the power of three. So let's not waste any more time because I know you're returning from vacation like tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you said you'd worked no more than three days as well <laughs> oh man yeah I, I recently had a bout with covid uh oh, I had yeah. how are you feeling a week how are you feeling that... you're clear you're good good um so i tested clear today if i test clear tomorrow i can go back to work i'm not sure 100 percent if i'm going to be able to i've been in the isolation station here for like the last six seven days Ooh, it's been tough luckily i have i have a beautiful wife i have a little pug and i have all my little warhammer miniatures to paint and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just fine i gotta say some people say it's hard isolating and i've never really had to do it yet i've done like three days or something like that through all of covid like i was able to work through it and, stuff, and i'm incredibly lucky because of that 
But when I say that I would fucking thrive in isolation, like I can't even stress it enough, lock me in this fucking house and leave me here because I would just <laughs> have the best time of my life. Like I, people Dude, are like, you know, you don't it. know what it's like. You No, not for me. Like this is my happiest <laughs> place. My wife and I built this apartment with the intention of it like being sort of our sanctuary in the world. And mm-hmm. I could be here every single day forever. As long as food comes to the door, like I'm good. Like, and that's it. Yeah. Like, there's so much Dude, to do. That's the thing. When, when lockdown first happened and we couldn't go anywhere, my wife barely noticed. Like, <laughs> she... <laughs> She's like, what's happening now? Exactly. That would be me. I've just, there's so many like projects I want to do, things I want to start, shows to watch. Like I started this, like my podcast with the intention, mm-hmm. like lockdown's happening. This is something I'm going to do. This is the, you know, excuse once I'm eventually locked down, I'll really be able to focus on it. But it just never came. And like I started the podcast, like intending to have all this time, but then I was just doing it as well on top of my normal workload. And I'm like, mm. that said though, I I don't want to take away from how hard I'm sure it has been for some people. Uh, oh, definitely. Doing yeah. that. Um, And I'm just saying that me personally, I, I think I would thrive. In fact, today we're going to talk briefly about Lion's Roar, uh, the New Japan documentary that finished. Um, should we just talk about it real quick? Because it, yeah, let's it's talk about, fr- let's, it's, it's let's fr- talk about fr- Lion's Roar first. It's fr- fresh in my mind and, and it's kind of relevant to this. So mm-hmm. for those who don't know, Lion's Roar is a New Japan documentary that's on New Japan World that follows the Fale Dojo. Tox Fale, uh, you know, the rogue general from the Bullet Club, has his own dojo in New Zealand designed to be sort of like a feeder system for the Young Lion system in New Japan, which uh, is up-and-coming training and young boys and all that. Uh, And he takes intakes and then people, you know, stay there, I think it's supposed to be three months or something like that, and learn the ways of New Japan and training in pro wrestling, proper respect and all that, to hopefully become a candidate to become a real young lion and move to Japan and train there and then potentially become a new Japan pro wrestler. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it was great. It was like a really cool look behind the scenes and every sort of trainee kind of had their own episode a little bit, you know, it, it concentrates on everybody, but you sort of get a little peek into everybody's story. Um, and, and yeah, none, none so more than, Michael Richards, who is kind of like the one who's been there the longest. You know, he, he'd been a, a young lion or training to be a young lion for like seven years, like by the end of the show. And that's crazy. The dedication it takes for somebody to do something for that long, but with no real end goal in sight. And in the show, they talk about like it's a lifestyle and that it really drills that home. It happens. Uh, what did you think of the, the documentary itself, man? Did you enjoy it? I love the documentary. I was actually watching it week to week as it was coming out. Yes, I and so thank thank you for watching it all in one go well, recently. Oh so no, I, I was watching it week to week, but I just fell behind the last three or four episodes. So I just shotgun those like yesterday. Yeah. So let's let's talk about some of the 
some of the rookie standouts uh who who did you actually so the at the end of the show they are given uh, three of them are given contracts uh there's the possibility of a fourth one but he wasn't able to continue the training which is unfortunate because i i was really pulling for that guy um the should we just go ahead and talk about the three that were given contracts absolutely absolutely okay so michael richards um good for him was actually given a contract uh which the whole show would have been an absolute like disaster if he hadn't been able to actually overcome because he was fantastic um there was also jake jake was a fellow from aussie yeah, was jack he tyler yep exactly He's jake a- taylor he was um he was great um you know really like tall handsome dude bucket loads of charisma uh looked like he knew his way around around a, a ring uh so it was really good to see him and then there was um uh villa lobos uh av uh, was what they were calling him on the, I can't remember his first name, it was Andre maybe. Um, but uh, AV was, I think he was my personal favorite. He was the one that I kind of gravita- gravitated towards. I thought that he really had something. And so when they were handing out the contracts at the end, they handed one to Mike, they handed one to Jake. And then I saw they handed one to AV and I was like, oh, good, good, got one in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was also, uh, uh, was it Richard? Richard Mulu? Yeah, yeah, he was, that, he that was a unit. He, he was great. He was a, a big Samoan, uh, or, or Tongan fella, uh, Island, Island boy. And he was, uh, bucket loads of charisma. The dude, like he was making faces like during his matches that just had got you psyched and amped up. And you're like, this dude could be a monster. And like, you saw all the heart while he was training and things like that. And, uh, you know, like a never give up attitude. Yeah. This episode was, was really, really special where he talked about like cardio and that being like the hardest thing for him. And he's like, I I was always coming last and I felt like I was keeping everybody down. But then Fale essentially told him, he's like, you know, you're going to win at other things. I'm not looking for the person who wins all the time. I'm looking for the person that never gives up. And yeah. that, that's what he took to it. He's like, okay, I'm going to be last these days, but I'm never going to stop. And then on these other days, I'm going to succeed. You know, and, yeah, and, and yeah. he really, really tugged at my heartstrings. Yeah, so, I really wanted him to... to uh, pull ahead he was a lot of fun to watch and unfortunately he couldn't continue with the training had to go back to a shoot job felt really really bad for him at that i I hope that he's able to come back soon same uh was there anybody else that stood out in your mind um those three always from the start i was aware of jake and av ready well actually michael richards as well i was aware of all three from you know wrestling but av and jake from australian wrestling and then Michael Richards from when he uh, appeared in New Japan a while ago. The Young Lion Cup. Yeah. Right. And he talked about that. He, he talked about how, like, he didn't think he was ready. He wasn't, like, in the shape he needed to be. He talked about, like, an interaction where Rocky Romero, with Rocky Romero where he, you know, dressed him down and mm-hmm. told him he wasn't ready and all that stuff. And that sort of lit a fire in him. Uh, and then he went on to become, like, the hardest working dude there. You know, he became like the the top young boy in the dojo and like the senior uh, senior guy and, and really, you know, leading the whole pack. And it was, was super interesting when, because the, the documentary series takes place over COVID and, and it was really interesting to see because they were put in a really hard position. I mean, it's hard doing what they're doing anyway. But if you can remember all the way back to how COVID started and how it felt and how scary it was, 
like they're dealing with that. A lot of them are away from home and it's kind of like now flights are cancelled. Now you're staying here. No, you're not supposed to train like you're supposed to do the thing. And, and they're, they're sort of put in that situation. And so when they get that word, I think they said they had four hours to make the decision. Essentially word came down from the government that lockdown was going to happen, you know, at midnight or whatever. And so mm-hmm. Farley and his head trainer, to their credit, like, I mean, he could just stay in his house, move into the dojo, and they're like, anybody that wants to come with us, come now because we're going to continue training, basically. And right. a few of them do. Four students do. Richard's being one yeah, of them. Richard, Richard, Richard was Moore. one. Eli, was uh, he the other one? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Was he like the kickboxing type guy? Yeah. And, uh, and Michael and... I can't remember who the fourth one was. Yeah, yeah, Richard Mullo and yeah, and and I can't remember who he was, but um, but they move straight in straight away, and then the others are back at the house, um, and yeah, they're they're talking about it, and I guess at one point, like the the people at the house are still training, but they're not getting filmed, and they reach out to film crew to be like hey you can film us here if you want and Farley and you know the head trainer get really oh. annoyed because they feel like through the book at them yeah they yeah. feel like they're going behind their back kind of thing it's like well you didn't want to be a part of it and now you got think and and in the end they say look if you want to be in it get your shit and sort of essentially break the law and move into the dojo with us and and they're like the hard decisions come all the time and if you really want it you know you do this and that that's mm-hmm. a that's such a hard decision to be faced with, you know, and because it's very easy to be, I'm gonna, you know, I'm dedicated to this thing. But you're talking about the law, you're talking about health. Think about how scary COVID was, man. Like when you don't know mm-hmm. what it was, and you can't fly out, and then now you're gonna what, go live in a a dojo and potentially be in trouble with, you know, another country's law enforcement and like you know like the police come there all the time and stuff it's pretty intense you know yeah just imagine if they if they'd gotten caught and like some of the aussie boys you know were over there they could have gotten in trouble in another country like you could know get straight up they don't banned know what from ever going to new zealand again and, yeah. yeah yeah they don't know what the the prisons are like in new zealand yeah like, i, I can tell you if i was in new zealand and i went to prison there i wouldn't survive it i could tell you that like, i was Probably, probably bad dudes over there. So, I would say you know, so. You ever say once for warriors? It's a wrap on me. Like that's, that's <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, it, it, I can only imagine what it was like to sort of make that decision. But when you talk about Richards, he was like the first dude in the dojo. You know what I mean? He didn't even stop at that point. He had dedicated so much of his life to it that he was mm-hmm. going to see it through all the way. You know, and then yeah. when he gets offered his contract. It's yeah, very emotional. Like for him, got you, you right know? in the heart, yeah, right in the yeah, heart, man. Exactly. Watching him, like he says, I don't, I didn't know how I was going to react, but like I knew how I was going to react. Yeah. I was, you know, I was going to get those those tears welling up in the eyes. I'm just like, you did it. Yeah, you yeah. did it. It's a, yeah. It was such a a valuable uh, look into the lives these guys live, and then now they've built stars. You know what I mean? People are going to be mm-hmm. watching to see. You know these guys at ringside because they've got New Japan contracts. They're going to to New Japan. They're going to be doing the ring boy duties at the site, and they they're going to become real young lions. And that's um that's pretty amazing. And they've already got fan bases, opposed to having to wait until after you know 
their excursion and everything to see what happens. Yes, yeah. so, and yeah. it's it, the the tr- the difference in Michael Richards in 2019 oh, and Michael Richards in 2022 now. now. Yeah, the dude's absolutely lethal. Like beforehand, he was you know kind of a little pudgy around the middle, and you could tell he was like he he looked like me out there. He's kind of like <laughs> a little bit confused. You know, he, am he, I he wasn't ready to now? be on that stage, no. and like he was so in over his head, and then he just absolutely trains and trains and trains and becomes just fucking like razor sharp and like you see pictures of him now and the dude's ready for battle and it's so cool to see i had like i had to reach out on twitter and be like bro you look like a fucking machine yeah yeah. like what a badass yeah so Uh, it's it's awesome man but yeah it was a, a great series and i would recommend anybody uh, taking the time out of your day to watch it. Each of the episodes aren't very long, you know, and so, like twenty minute episodes, yeah, yeah, and twelve episodes. So you can knock it out, and I hope they do more of it. You know, I, I don't think there you a- ever get it like in the New Japan dojo, um, but yeah, it's it's cool that they can do it. There. It would be cool to see one with the LA dojo, yeah, I was guys, but I, I don't know if Shibata would be down with that. So yeah, it's the more traditional guys. Uh, I don't yeah. know if it go LA was- dojo. There was a documentary, um, it was Devitt. There was one that followed Devitt, yes. and they had some stuff in the L.A. Dojo. Smack Em Up was what it was called. Yeah, what, wasn't that in the, I think they had in the, footage in the, in the Japan Dojo. The Nogue Dojo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. let's let's watch that before the next episode. Let's re- It's like a, what, hour-long documentary yeah, or something like yeah, that. Let's should, rewatch yeah. that, and we'll talk about that next time, and we'll see how they, how they uh, differ. Yeah, cool. All right, remind me to do a little, little admin on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Curtis will use his admin skills to make sure I do it. All right, then. <laughs> I'm so, doing the house cleaning here on the podcast. Exactly. So before we jump into hyper battle that we watched yesterday, let's quickly get everybody up to speed on the finals of the New Japan Cup because we uh, we cut off just before them with our last episode, didn't we? Our last episode was filmed or filmed recorded the day before. And uh, then I went off to play Warhammer uh, that weekend, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I actually I met a new friend up there, a fellow named James. First day of the actual Warhammer event, comes out. He's wearing a Kenny Omega shirt, and I had to walk up to him. and I said, "Sir, is that a Kenny Omega shirt?" And he says, "Yeah, it's a Kenny." Omega. I said, "I'm going to be watching uh, the New Japan Cup Finals." Uh, after all this is done, like after I get dinner tonight, I'm going to sit down in the caf- the canteen here, the cafeteria, and watch some New Japan on my iPad. Do you want to chill out with me and watch some wrestling? He's like, oh, you know, I've seen a couple of New Japan matches. I haven't seen a lot of them, but yeah, yeah, man, let's sit and watch New Japan. So I made a new friend. Right. So, so was, pretty was cool. he an AEW guy? Is how he, knew he is Kenny. an AEW yeah, guy. How yeah. he knew Kenny. Yep. Yep. And uh, so yeah, he's. Uh, we watched the new japan cup semifinals uh for both both episodes both episodes both matches um zach and shingo and okada and naito and uh he was really really impressed with zach saber jr like made an instant fan that's cool which um does say something about like the role that zach's been on like if you you watch the the zach saber jr and the shingo takagi match and then right after it you watch okada and naito and you're not instantly going like, oh my God, Okada and Naito are two of the, you know, the two best wrestlers on the planet right now and things like that. And you, you like look at the other match and go, those guys fucking tore it down, which they did. They did. That really says something about the role that not, not just Zach, but Shingo also has been on 
absolutely just unfuckwithable. Yeah. You know, like that match you was can't mess with an it. absolute banger, man. Like that was so good. Those two together was just killer. And the the way it ended as well was like, you know, realistic and stuff. Like Shingo trying to just power out of the submission. He's got, you know, Zach's on his back and wrapped around his neck and he just tries to force it out and climb up the ropes and then jump back on him and break it, but it just doesn't work. And then he just goes out and it was, yeah, it was killing him. Yeah, one second he's fighting and the next second he's just, he's, just he's a lump. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, yeah, it was that was great. awesome. What a great, great match. Uh, great time watching. I had a, so it was me and me and my new friend James, my little iPad there uh, that I borrowed from my wife. So it's got like a zebra print, like a case on it and everything like that. Okay. And a big row full of dudes. And they're all kind of like, oh, you guys are watching wrestling. And by the end of the match, they're all like kind of like behind us, like checking out what we're watching and stuff because we're hooting and hollering. I was so going to say that these guys can't be thrown around any shit about wrestling. I mean, they're all there to play Warhammer. Yeah. So I think they need to calm down about, <laughs> about what they're fucking bullying people about. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, actually one of the dudes that was giving me the most shit is my friend, uh, my friend Grant uh, from my other podcast, Throw and Dice podcast. And uh, Grant st- listens to this show. He listens to Smart Foundation. He, he listens to me talk wrestling all the fucking time. And yet when I'm actually sitting down watching wrestling, he's like, no way, dude. No way. And then by the end of it, he's actually watching with us. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, awesome. He's just, yeah. he's just trying to give you shit, but he, he's actually secretly I, loving it. I don't. I don't know if an Okada Naito match is actually the best match to like show someone for their first, for their first match. If you're trying no, to get him in. if you were, if you're trying to get him in like the Zach Shingo one for sure, because that, even that, uh, Okada Naito match, though good, you could, they it were, they were, work. they were leaving, uh, like arrows in their quiver. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. they've, they've had some amazing matches. It's clear. Like there's another match coming. So they just can't, mm-hmm. And and also it's a like a semi final match and Okada's not going to win. They're not going to just throw balls to the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the they, story they of Naito actually just was wrestled. Him, yeah, sneaking through and stuff. So they just wrestled the month before as well. Yeah, and they're going to wrestle the month after. So like you you just can't you can't give it one hundred and ten percent. Zach and Shingo they were able to do that because God knows when they're going to you exactly. know end up fighting exactly. again. And that, so. New Japan does that really well. They balance mm-hmm. out their their stuff really well like even when kenny and okada were was like the match of the world you know after they think they really spaced out when they had their matches and it was like you know at a fever pitch by the time they did it i remember mm-hmm. when they did the final rematch or whatever whatever it was like i remember kenny saying in interviews even then he thought that was too soon you know because he he wanted to like stretch it out as far as possible you know, but because yeah. of the thing, and and it pays off. You know, and otherwise it starts to feel samey. But but I still yeah, think yeah. I still think that um, yeah, it was it was still a good match by all means. But but it was definitely leaving you know, some some of the bullets in the gun, so to speak. Yeah, so I went I went back after we watched those two matches. I went back and uh, played him a couple more of uh, Zach's greatest hits from from uh, the the last year. I, I showed him the. Zach and Will Ospreay match that was right yeah. before that the the one with the phantom tap out that yeah, was that a was lot good. of fun you yeah. know so that was pretty cool so yeah uh shout out to James friend of the podcast James who's a uh, our, our new fan that I met at the Warhammer sleepaway camp so there that was you go. cool shout out James that's awesome and then what did you and, think uh, of the final the final okay so 
I was a hundred percent just convinced that Naito was going to go. I was pulling for Zach the whole time. Um, I mean, I, when I saw the, when I saw the marquee Naito versus Zach, I was like, okay, well, Naito's going to yeah. win it and he's going to challenge at Dontaku and stuff like that. Cause at that point they hadn't even announced hyper battle. So I was just like, eh, all right, cool. Then, you know, glitter Zach, brand new shiny Zach comes <laughs> out. Gold with, gear. Yep. Gold gear you know, carrying the cup, singing three lions on his way down. Like what a lad. And you just knew it was Zack Sabre Jr.'s night. And you were just like trying to figure out how he was going to end it. And that was what a great match. What a fantastic time. What did you think of the, uh, the final? Uh, yeah, I loved it. It was really good. Um, and yeah, I still, I didn't know. I managed to, I wasn't able to watch it live, but I managed to stay spoiler free. Uh, for like several days, I was just like, I guess I don't go on the internet anymore, like uh, because I really wanted to enjoy it, uh, and I did. Well, that's good. I thought I thought it was great, and the fact that he won with the Zach Driver as well, like completely spun mm-hmm. me out. I didn't even see it coming. So whenever you know he does that, usually you know it's a secondary finish, he likes to you know win by submission and stuff. He hits the Zach Driver, and I'm like, okay, and kick out, and I was like, he fucking won. Like how it went down, and I loved it, and uh, I loved the. A lot of people were getting shocked with their uh, with secondary finishers and things like that in this tournament. Yeah, I like. We talked about uh, Tongaloa catching a pumping bomber, you know, things like that. So, and and I mean, just Naito was just rolling people up all all tournaments. So, yeah, yeah, they were trying to do something a little different. Yeah, it keeps you on your toes. I mean, the pumping bonnet. Bomber isn't even a secondary finish. It's just a move he does in the middle of the match, you know? Like, yep. so, yeah, it, it was a, a great tournament. In review, I think one of the better New Japan tournaments like that I've ever watched. Like, in, yeah, in recent memory, it's yeah. it's up there for sure. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely the best one of the COVID era. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, you know, if you oh, take... It was the best thing New to Japan happen Cups in the COVID back era. Then. Like, just straight oh, 100%. Up, yeah. Exactly. Until today, probably. Yeah, well, Hyper Battle was an absolute bad. Hyper Battle was it, dude. Yeah, exactly. And so it's going to be hard for us. I mean, it's obviously been a couple of weeks since the the finals happened, so we won't go into it with too much detail. People already passed it and they've already watched it. So yeah. I think we'll crank into uh, Hyper Battle. But before we do, I guess, what do we give the entire tournament as far as a rating go? Pants uh, or shorts? So I'm going to say shorts. I'm going to say shorts on the, the entire tournament. Once the once the tournament gets down to like the sweet 16, it's like the shortest of shorts. Yeah. I mean, once you clear out the, fir- the, the chafe, you know, the chaff that was yeah. there at the, at the beginning. All the ones that were like get... the buys, you know, like the yeah. we're waiting in the second round that you're like 90% of these dudes aren't going to win. Like once you just get through that, like you say, into that sweet 16, then it's a banger tournament. If anybody's like, oh, I want to watch it and, and be up to date and so you could really just skip forward to those rounds and then Except for except for Despi and Okada. Oh uh, okay. Fuck it. Just watch the entire thing. It's fine. You kinda <laughs> I guess I guess you kinda <laughs> no, don't you know it. what? No, you know what? We did a breakdown of each individual match. Okay, so you know you have to watch three matches mm-hmm. at the at the end. Those mm-hmm. three are all great. And every other match, you can listen to our recommendations on the uh, other episodes of the Okada Shorts podcast yeah. here on the Countout Network. Listen to the matches rated shorts. Disregard mm-hmm. the matches rated pants. Disregard pants. Yeah, exactly. Cowardly shorts pants, only. glorious shorts only. Okay, mm-hmm. so 
Hyper Battles got you hyped. It's got me hyped. Oh, but first, before oh. Hyper Battle, what's before Hyper Battle? Lone Star Shootout. Oh yeah, Last I did watch week, that. WrestleMania shit. week. Ugh. Oh, Ugh. Bro, was it good? It was good. It was good. There were some great matches. I'll I'll go down. I'll go down the uh, hyper battle. Tell me all about it. Lone Star. Yeah. So the first, the first match was uh, my boy Ren Ren, uh, Ren Narita Mm -hmm. defeated Rocky Romero in about seven minutes and forty two seconds. So that was pretty good. Um, oh hold on, let me pull up the. That's the cage match. I'm gonna pull up the actual like New Japan results page so I can give you the finishers as well. Okay. Usually I do this while I'm vaping, vaping, while I'm vaping. I don't vamp. I don't vape. What am I talking about? Where's my brain? Vape Lord Curtis. Vape Lord Curtis, bro. All right. So, yeah. So talking about New Japan Lone Star Shootout coming from Dallas, Texas on uh, April Fool's Day, Friday, April Fool's Day. So the first match, Ren Narita. Defeats Rocky Romero with the Narita special number four in uh, seven minutes and 43 seconds. This was shorts. It was a, it was a relatively short match, um, but I love Ren Narita. Rocky, when he's in like teacher mode is a lot of fun. Uh, This is when I sent you that, um, (laughs) when I sent you that text that I I used to think that Rocky's like bad rapping was like a character thing that he did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I thought it was just part of an annoying character trait that he was building, like into his into his kayfabe his life. And those... <laughs> no, he's just an actual bad rapper. Yeah, like he thinks it's good. Yeah, what the fuck do I, I like know? Actually, Rapongi lights and Rapongi night. So, <laughs> the second match was uh, Finn Juice mm-hmm. with Daniel Garcia, Red Death Daniel Garcia, yes. and Kevin Knight mm-hmm. versus Masker Dorado. Carl Fredericks, Clark Connors, and Yuyu Emra. So you get to see a lot of the future of New Japan in this match. Yeah. Uh, also, you get to see Masker Dorado, who I love a lot, and uh, Daniel Garcia. And everybody loves Daniel Garcia. And uh, you had the win came with Carl Fredericks over the young lion Kevin Knight with the MD. Um, not a very long match, but a, a good one. Uh, this is fun. There's not even a picture of Killer Cross on the New Japan website, so good. He's um, got merch on the on the shop though on the new japan shop does he i think i saw a thing it's, it's like the new japan logo but the lion looks angrier and it's maybe upside down and it says kill across on it get out of my life all right <laughs> uh so you had suzuki versus killer cross nine minutes and 48 seconds with a gotch style pile driver I thought he, uh, uh i thought it wasn't killer cross i just thought it was like a young boy or something what's a young lion oh that's that's the thing is uh, Suzuki like straight up just slapped him and said, you're, you're a fucking young boy. And then like put him in the gotch style pile driver. And uh, that was, that was, you just planted him. Um, so I know there's not technically anything like killer cross hasn't done anything to like be canceled or anything. He's just kind of a douchebag, but like I can see him at some point getting to Japan and people absolutely fucking love him, you know, cause he's just a, you know, big angry dude and stuff I, like that. I always I just, thought he had like a really, sort of big upside you know before the wwe stuff and before nxt and things like that and before he grew his hair back looked way more mean ball but um he he's actually a really good talker he's a i, th- I think a pretty good wrestler um he's kind of got like this if you you read his, his website i remember i don't even know if it's still up like when you know when he went to wwe when it went down it sort mm-hmm. of 
he had like an ongoing um, story on there of how I guess all his different characters and iterations sort of all tie together. You know, the cross cult and all all this kind of stuff. He was he came across like somebody who not only was a a student of the game and a martial artist and stuff, but also somebody that really thought about his wrestling character. I don't know whether he's a bit lost now. I haven't really followed him since the the WWE stuff because I don't watch it. And I know there's this weird, you know, CYN control your narrative thing. I think he's part of that. And that maybe puts a bit of a stamp on him or whatever, but I was, oh, yeah. I was always very high on him before. Yeah. There's, there's really like nothing wrong with him as far as in ring work. And he does like really, he's very protective of his character. Uh, but like, yeah, he's a Twitter hates him cause he's a MAGA chud. So everyone, you know, if, if, uh, yeah, if uh, New Japan sign him, then they're going to catch hell from the Western fan base and stuff like that. And I just think that's not the move, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, the, but I mean, they've proven that they don't pay attention to Western social media anyway. Like, I mean, they, yeah. yeah, I, don't, I yeah. Don't, don't know if they'll care. But, you know, I think they're, at least with Strong and stuff, maybe listening to Rocky and the US guys a little bit. So, yeah, I, I know they're I obviously don't using think- him. So. I just don't think that Cross has the chops to be in in New Japan. Yeah. But yeah, I mean like New Japan proper, like he doesn't have the chops to go with someone like Minoru Suzuki. Like he would he would just end up being like another you know, uh, Juice Robinson or something like that. Like someone who can go if he needs to, but he's not that level, you uh, know. I you can't, can't really like I don't know. Uh let's move on. Yeah, uh anyway, we'll get, we'll whatever. Get, Was it a good match yeah. or it was fine. It was it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was you know slapping and Suzuki. Suzuki was definitely outclassing him. Killer Cross. You could tell he's. I mean, he's a bad dude, right? And um, I just don't think that he's got the chops. Yeah, I fair enough. Know. Oh, not hot uh, for you. Now we'll go on. We'll, we'll be in, it'll be we, interesting to see if we can get a Curtis one eighty out of Killer Cross down the line if he uh, if he ends up you know turning up in G one yeah. or some shit. We'll see. Uh, the one that I was very shorts on, Jay White versus Speedball Mike Bailey. Oh, that's and an interesting Speedball, the weekend warrior, dude had like nine matches over three days. Whoa. Just, yeah. He he had a, I watched the uh, Josh Barnett blood sport. Yeah. I saw he was, he was at that. that versus, I think it was Yuya. He Ninja fought Mac. Yuya there. Didn't he, didn't he fight Ninja Mac at blood sport? No, no, Ninja Mac uh, was in the second match against someone named Yo Yo Yo. Oh Yoda. yeah, Yo Yo. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Speedball fought uh, Yu Yo Emura, oh. and uh, yeah, this this Mike Bailey versus Jay White match was it, dude. Fourteen minutes, I think, on the nose. Uh, Jay ended it with a Blade Runner. Yep. Great stuff, dude. This was one that like I would probably show to people who aren't necessarily um, New Japan fans because you've got like. Jay runs a very like Western or, or like I would call it more like a Southern wrestling style, mm-hmm. uh, you know, throwback style and speedball. Mike Bailey is like, he's everything that current wrestling is in the West. Like all the AEW fans can really like, if they see Mike Bailey, they're going to get behind Mike Bailey. Yeah. So like you've got a really great intersection of great wrestling there with the Southern style from the eighties that Jay runs where he's, you know, that classic sort of heel and then today's wrestling with Mike Bailey and it, they ran up together and had great chemistry, fantastic match. Uh, yeah, I think it actually caught five from stinky uncle Dave. So good for them. It's hot. 
That's all right. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll go back and check that one out then. Uh, don't get to see many Jay White matches the, these days. So <laughs> that one should be on the World Archive probably next week. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah, sick. And then uh, the final match was Ishii versus the Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson. And uh, Ishii won after 16 minutes with the vertical drop brain buster. Pretty fucking good match. Uh, it was exactly what it sounds like it would be between those two. Uh, Dickinson, you know, on his way back on his, like, he was like his first or second match back from his hip surgery. Yeah. Fucking way to show out, dude. Like he had a match with Suzuki at Bloodsport, yeah. which was great. He had a match with Ishii here, uh, which was great. And uh, yeah, overall, like I'm gonna say shorts on this show, oh. man. Really good stuff. You should yeah. check it out. I will, I will for sure. It's uh, good to hear that Chris Dickinson's back already. I feel like he only got oh, injured like yeah. two minutes ago, like, and he, yeah, he's it was already back. A four month four month injury layoff. Yeah. Here's the thing. So when I was a kid, I used to watch the baseball team, the Kansas City Royals, and one of my favorite. Well, I still love the Kansas City Royals, but one of my favorite players as a kid was a dude named Bo Jackson. Okay. Bo Jackson played professional baseball and professional football. He was a running back for the uh, for the Los Angeles Raiders. He actually had the same hip injury. This two sport athlete had the same hip injury that Dickinson had, yeah. and it ended his career. Oh wow! He was never the same after all. He never. He I think he played football again uh, a little. No, he played baseball again, but never played football again, and was never any good at baseball anymore. Dickinson came back after four months, and yeah, times have changed a bit. But Dickinson like comes out and and goes at the same level or better as before exactly and Dickinson, the dude's a machine he's not like the kind of wrestler that phones it in or just you know taking it gentle and stuff this guy's you know bridging suplexes like hard hitting like monster of a hard guy. body karate buddy yeah like, do you dude's a monster does he feel like to you and especially when you you line up the kind of matches he's just had suzuki ishii and stuff do you think they're gearing up to bring him to New Japan proper? Like he, he should surely be the kind of person they're thinking like, this is a dude that we can do shit with. Yeah. The, the, he has to be like, if, if they, if they don't have a, a plan to bring him to New Japan, if, the, if like Dickinson's not in the G1, then you need to put the belt on the strong belt on him and yeah. and build that entire show around Dickinson. Around him, yeah, exactly. Because he's just got everything it takes. Just like he's yeah. it. Yeah, he's it. He's exactly. it, man. Mm-hmm. And he's it's so the coolest thing about it is he's so respectful of all the like New Japan higher ups. Like his match with Suzuki at Bloodsport. The whole idea behind this match is, I had a match with you and I lost. I respect you, Minoru Suzuki specifically, and I want to beat you. Then he does, and he turns around and says, Tomohiro Ichii, another higher up in New Japan, someone who's been around for a long time. I respect you specifically, and I want to get over you. Yeah. And he's like got these these like people that he's picking out specifically in New Japan that he wants to to get over at. And like if that is a if that's the the catalyst to get him to, to Japan. I'm fucking into it, dude. If he goes to Japan cool. and he's like, he's like Goto, Tanahashi, Okada, Naito, like you're the, you know, I'm calling my shots on you win or lose. You're the guys I want to go after yeah. because I respect you that much. Like I've watched these tapes of, of Tanahashi and now I want to wrestle Tanahashi. Like, yeah, dude, go. <laughs> it's a, it's an inbuilt story. And if he's 
I, I know things are pretty free form there. And if that's the kind of thing, like mindset he's approaching it with and the story he's sort of telling in his promos and stuff, that's it's built in, you know, like it, mm-hmm. yeah, it could be so cool. But yeah, like you say, if he doesn't go there, it's like build strong around him because he's yeah. the one. Eh? He's the, he's, he's it, man. Yeah. Dirty daddy's it. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent shorts. Dick strings uh, swinging. So now we let's talk about hyper battle here. Yes. Um, let's pull up the results for hyper battle. So top to bottom, this show was, would you say it's the best new Japan show of the COVID era? Yeah, I think so. Probably it's, uh, it's, I felt like it was the best new Japan show in a while. And yeah, you wouldn't really. Yeah. I, I would say it is. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was, felt like a real return to form. And I think because the new Japan cup did such a good job, making everything feel refreshed and, you know, exciting and, and like a big reboot, this hyper battle just continued that feeling. Like I was so excited mm-hmm. to watch it. It was really cool. It really feels like this is, we're, we're at the, we're at the beginning. Yeah. We're so close. Mm-hmm. We're so close to that finish line and the neck the the journey beyond it is going to be so much fun yeah you know we're at the beginning of this this new era Mm -hmm. you know uh let's let's go ahead and get into the matches so the first match was jado tongaloa tamatanga and hiroshi tanahashi versus gato yujiro takahashi chase owens and bad luck fale so we've got hiroshi tanahashi and god versus the bullet club uh, 10 minutes and 28 seconds, Jado, that new up and comer, that, that <laughs> young lion, yeah. finally, finally gets it over and, and submits his former best friend, his former tag team partner, Ghetto with the, uh, crippler cross face. How'd you feel about this match and, and the goings on afterwards? It was good, man. I, uh, time had been short, so I hadn't had it chance to watch like all the sort of tags and stuff leading to this of god tagging with tanahashi and and all that but you you didn't really need to because as it started commentary's already telling you that story and they're like can you know tanahashi really trust them and and all that and watching it play out it was like a fun multi-man tag and by the mm-hmm. end you know tama man the all jokes aside about jado like Tama is that baby face, you know, like he's, he seems so genuine and he's so into it. And even when the match finished, when they won, I'm like, is this it? Was it all a ruse so they could do it? But like, you know, Tama's like full circle, man. And he's just so pumped to wear that, you know, New Japan shirt and to to come full circle. Tongaloa, on the other hand, like not so much. And I think we might be, you know, looking at a heel turn on his brother sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, Ooh. I, I think, uh, I think Tama's they're, they're gunning for him to have like a nice baby face run. Here. Oh, he's, he's it, man. He comes out, he's, uh, you know, a good looking dude. He's got a great body. He's got great in-ring talent. They know they can trust him because they trained him up the entire way. And, uh, yeah, he's going to come out. He's going to speak a, you know, do an entire promo in Japanese and the crowd goes nuts and i just love you got to be so excited for the guy it's almost infectious like how re-energized he is right now yeah great stuff i couldn't have even imagined it like in his former 
incarnation, you know, and I think we're going to see that from him, man. I feel like it's going to be like the slowest burn of all time, you know, but once he's, you know, gets cooking and stuff, I think you're looking at like a really hot baby face run out of Tama. Like I can see how, it how do you think he's How do you think he's going to do in the G1? It's hard to say because I, I think he, I think he's at the very least going to get a signature win in the G1. I, do, I don't mm-hmm. see him like going all the way or whatever, but he's going to have that like, you know, maybe, maybe he feels that kind of juice role where he keeps getting screwed over and, you know, gets maybe more losses than he should, but then he gets that like one big win where you're like, okay, time is going to get somewhere now. You know, that he gets kind one of over thing. evil or something. Yeah, or something, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, we we'll touch base again later as we get to the match of where he pops up later in the show. But mm-hmm. um, I'm very excited to see where where he goes for sure. And I and I love him and Tanahashi together. Like. <laughs> They, um, it's really good. Yeah, it seems like really platonic, and, you know, and mm. fatherly, and yeah, it, it's awesome. Yeah. So the next match, uh, Shingo and Tetsuya Naito, uh, the Los Ingobernables de Japón uh, championship rounds, have uh, come up against Aaron Hanare and Will Ospreay. Uh, the match was 9 minutes and 23 seconds, and Shingo beats Hanare with the Made in Japan, his secondary finisher. So there's that. There's that thing again, uh, again, the secondary finisher coming out to play and uh, ending uh, the un- the <laughs> United Empire threat. So the one thing that I've that I've been saying for I don't know how long is that Naito and Osprey is the protected match. Like, I really thought when Osprey had the belt that they were going to build to a uh, a match with between him and Naito at some point. Yeah. I'm sure they would have so many matches injured and gone home and stuff. I feel like that would have been the long term. Yeah, they've had so many matches between him and and Shingo, and all of them are great. And I, I, we're going to talk about that in a second. But I really feel like Naito and Osprey is the move, and it's going to happen soon. It has to. Oh my god, these two are so good together, and they're going to have a ton of fun. Yeah. Um. It still, it still feels like a little while away though. Because they're still on pretty oh, yeah, yeah. different paths, you know. But once it gets there, it's going to be ballistic. Um, yeah. When I, really I say soon, I mean I mean New Japan soon. You know how New Japan. Oh, okay. Is. So yeah, two three years away. But when like, well, a, when like it, a year and a half for, at, at at earliest. Yeah, yeah. It's like Wrestle Kingdom twenty twenty six or something like that, and it's going to yeah. be an absolute banger. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed the match. I thought I thought they did Hanare a little dirty getting pinned by the mate in Japan. I would have thought you've at least got to go last of the dragon on Hanare on the ultimate weapon. I was like, when when they're like made in Japan and it was over, I was like, oh come on, he had, he gets the secondary finisher. But well, I believe I believe it was uh, Kevin Kelly mentioned something about how like Shingo's pinned him before, you know, a couple of years ago with just a pumping bomber. Okay, so, so he's upgraded. He's upgraded. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. Okay, well you take it where you can get it. But how I, I old mean, is Hanare? Oh. I don't Do you know. know? Oh, Let yeah. me pull up his profile here. He yeah, is. He was born in '92, so he's 30 years old now. Yeah, he's still got plenty of time. I know the he dude does. is. He does, you know, and he's in the best shape of his life. You know, it's just, oh, he's I, I just want the best shape. from him. I, I see how hard he works. You know what I mean? We all love Hanare. Yeah, exactly. But you know, they're getting there. That, that's the thing about New Japan, though. It's like have faith because the story they'll eventually tell with him will be worth mm-hmm. it. You know. Yes. Exactly. 
I just I saw a photo of you know the new United Empire with their little mate has come in, um, and and they're Bucciari. all together. Yeah, exactly. And and Hanare's there, and it's like you know Cobb and that, and and Will and his little mate. And I was just like, look at Hanare just on the outside there. He's just still, you know, slightly to the the right of everybody else. And I'm like, I need to embrace him. I really thought him and Cobb would have been the tag team for me. Like, uh, instead oh of my Okan God, just a murderer's row, dude. Yeah, just I, I feel like their styles would complement each other, and I, I feel like Okan is really interesting as like a, a singles kind of threat. Not that Hanare isn't, but I, I feel like he would have really benefited from that tag run. But like we say, they're not going to rush anything. You know what I mean? They're going to let him, you know, build organically and, and become what he's going to become. I really hope that they're able to do some sort of free bird rule with the uh, United Empire yeah, where it's just like before. whoever's in the, whoever's in the country is tag team champion, <laughs> tag team champions, it. United Empire. Yeah. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it at all. Um, but yeah, yeah, a fun match. We didn't, um, did we rate the first match pants or shorts? Um, I would say, I would say shorts. Yeah. I, I feel like that's going to be fun. the default for this whole show. And the, the same for this second tag here. It was a, it was a shorts yeah. as well. It was, it was great. Shorts as well. hundred percent. Uh, afterwards, of course, Shingo, uh, points to the rev pro british heavyweight title kind of you know says hey will maybe maybe i get a shot at your rev pro title and to that i say oh god please yes yes please oh man i love shingo and will every single time i eat it up Mm -mm -mm. sop it up with a biscuit son and if they can bring that they bring that to york hall they put that in london I'm right there, buddy. I saw you. I saw, your, to me. I saw you. Your tweet that was Let like, me love you. <laughs> Let, me, Let love. me love you. <laughs> that would be amazing for you. I really hope that happens. I hope they do that defense in England and not uh, on one of the New Japan shows. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They can, they can put it on, put it on world, you know, afterwards, whatever. I'll be right there. God, I love that. I love that idea so much. They've done it. They've done it in Japan four different times. They can do it in London once. Surely. Throw, throw London a bone. You know? Give us something, man. Yeah, exactly. We, we get lots of good stuff from them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weren't you just last year talking about when you saw Suzuki like and Okada like live? Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, the Copper Box show where they had uh, the Suzuki challenged Okada after the G1 in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. That was the that was the G one where Zach wanted to just beat Okada during the G one. Didn't want to win the G one. Just wanted to beat Okada during the G one to challenge him at, at yeah. Copper Box. That's a, oh, the whole time he's like, too. "All I need to do is fucking pin the champion, mate. Then I'm going to the title match anyway. I don't give a fuck about the tournament." It was just so got good. fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Just got fucked up. Oh, um, so funny. I love how New Japan always do great stuff for like their touring shows like you, you think mm-hmm. they'd maybe not do anything like when they were over here i mean i got to see a few good main events but the the last one of their tour was um tanahashi osprey and okada tagging against um robbie eagles who was bullet club at that time um el phantasmo and jay white or maybe it was farley and jay white el phantasmo farley and jay white i forget but either way, uh, no, no, Robbie Eagles, Farley, and yeah, whatever. Anyway, it was the climax of the, <laughs> the, the, I've seen too many matches, but it was the climax of the Robbie Eagles story, but in Australia, where he turns on the Bullet Club, joins Chaos, 
and all that happened like in his hometown basically which is really cool because it, I said to him when he was on my other podcast when we interviewed I'm like what was that match like because you got to tag against those three guys and then tag with them in the same match essentially you know what I mean because he, he turns mm-hmm. and kind of he swaps mid-match and so he's, he fights everybody in the match and it was just an unbelievable kind of that's ace shit, dude. That's yeah, it ace was, shit. It was ace shit, but like because it was this small uh, Australian show, it was really rewarding for everybody that was there and anybody that would tune in. But I don't think it really got the mainstream sort of coverage that it would have if it was like on one of the bigger Japanese shows. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure there was mm-hmm. lots of fans that never even watched that Australian show. Because it like wasn't, yeah. I don't think it was live, and it just kind of aired later and stuff. It wasn't on, yeah, it wasn't on World. Uh, it got uploaded to World, I think, two weeks later. Yeah. So, and whenever um, anything super cool like that happens, a couple of weeks, it doesn't really have the same impact. Whereas if that happened at like you know one of the biggest shows live and stuff, like I feel like it would have been worldwide news, you know. Yeah. But it was killer, yeah. and they all uh, posed together, which was awesome. He's just there with the, like you know, three legends. And then Tanahashi hugged me. It was a great night. Oh, <laughs> there it is. I fit it in every me, show. <laughs> give, give, yeah, give me the, the pit bull air horns. Like, meep, meep, meep. There it is. We got it. Exactly. Him. Anyway, uh, on to the next match. Third match, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Oh, and, and from here on, every match is some sort of title match. Yes. So this card's fucking great. Stacked. Uh IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Championship match. Uh, team 6 or 9, the 69th champions, Master Wado and Ryusuke Taguchi versus El Phantasmo and Taiji Ishimori. So we've got the Ass Masters versus Bullet Club's cutest tag team. Uh, match time, 15 minutes and 13 seconds. Ryusuke Taguchi ends by sticking his butt directly on El Phantasmo's face. Uh, just bare ass, spray fart and everything like that. And uh, rolling him up. Uh, the main thing about this match is the 69 spot, which was hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. My wife was cackling with laughter. Like yeah. I, I told you she's Ryusuke Taguchi's number one fan. And, uh, yeah, she was, she was loving it. So exactly. For those who if, don't if know you, what we're you talking make my wife laugh. Yeah. You're doing well. Uh, in, in this spot, uh, Master Wato is hanging from the tree of woe upside down in the corner. And then uh, basically Taguchi gets swung into him. So, you know, they're in kind of a 69 position in the corner and then they end up falling backwards and they're just laying there. And then Fantasmo is looking at the ca- the camera just like at them behind him going like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, no, he just like casually leans against the mat like, look what we've done. Look at this. <laughs> we, we've created look this mess and it's hilarious. <laughs> exactly. It was yeah, fun this though. Was, it, was, this was, it was great. It, it was exactly what it needed to be. Uh, so the thing about, like people like um El Phantasma and Taiji Ishimori especially, they can be hilarious when they wanna be. You know, they're doing the the flippy dippy back rake spots that Amy loves. And then you can have Taiji Ishimori flip that switch and be a hundred percent all go no quit like junior ace. So it's cool to see this out of them. As long as down the road you do get those badass spots where they have the time to really be like fucking assassins yeah so totally um, i I thought they were going to win this to be honest i thought i did too six or nine are on like borrowed time it was like you know give it to them 69th champion ha 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 and then 
back to business kind of thing. I was surprised they retained, but you know, it's fun that they add like a, a, anytime you've got Taguchi, you know, in there, adds a little bit of levity to the card. You know, not every match on the card has to be like, you know, brutal, strong style, you know, intensity. And so you get, you know, a bit of a chuckle in one of the earlier matches and and it's fun. Yep. And, you know, I think teaming Wado with Taguchi is a great way to like keep Wado calm, let Taguchi quarterback the match and, and Wado gets to just chill out for a bit. And, and Wado's uh, been good. He's been putting in work in those matches, man. And he it, really has. I was seeing glimpses of the young lion that sort of everybody fell in love with, you know, before he mm-hmm. went away and things like that. You know, there's a part where, you know, showing fire and stuff. And I'm like, oh, there's that kid. You know, he didn't look as, as spooked as he did when he first returned. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. So it was really, really good. I think, um, you know, they, they made a remark on commentary about how Taguchi was able to kind of quarterback a match for Prince Devitt and let like string Devitt along a little bit. And it's like, are you really going to compare Watto to Prince Devitt? That I also caught that. And I was like, Oh fuck, that's a, uh, that's setting some uh, stairs for Watto to walk up. You're but putting a heavy yoke on that cow right there. It is. And will uh, Wado ever be the next Prince Devitt? I don't know. But I, I did think Hope it was so. interesting history to sort of rewind back to and go, Taguchi has history doing this at helping mm-hmm. build stars and being a successful tag team wrestler. Um whether Wado will get to those heights, I don't know about it, but uh, it, I, th- I think at least they, you know, they're trying to tell a story. Otherwise, you're like, <laughs> what else is that about Wado? This nervous kid is lost, and uh, I guess they're just going to put him here, and hopefully Taguchi can teach him how to wrestle. <laughs> it doesn't really have yeah, the same no, think, vibe to it, you know. I think they're doing. I think they're doing a good thing by keeping him with Taguchi and let Taguchi, you know, show him the ropes for a while. And, you know, show them that you don't have to, you don't have to be scared. These guys are all out here to put on the show together and they're, you know, out here to have fun and does entertain us. So, so with them, them like dropping those seeds, could you potentially see a Master Wado heel turn onto Gucci a la Prince Devitt, <laughs> like down the line? I feel like an evil Wado could have something going on. You know what? Um, it would be a long time down the way, but like. Yeah, sure. Give it to me. Yeah. If, uh, Say fuck what you it. Ask. Let's exactly. go. Let him let him start up his own bullet club. Yeah, Let's go. Exactly. Put, he could put like a an all black contact contact lens over his wonky eye, and uh, and oh, he can, yeah, there we go. <laughs> and like you know, just go go full evil and stuff. It is like the he he has like a, a slightly like lazy and a nervous sort of face. Not that that is a bad thing or whatever, but like if he's going to be a super intense heel, he's got to do something to, you know, not look shook all the time, I guess. like If he wants to really be a heel, he can just keep punching his microphone. Yeah, like I just did. <laughs> Get on board, kid. Right. I'll show you a thing or two. Jesus. I don't know if I should have talked about anything. Let's skip the, over. So. The brass knucks there, ghetto. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> what am I gonna do with my so hands? The... <laughs> no, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> oh, we wake up in the morning, we piss excellence. Yeah, All right. So that's true. The the fourth match. Oh, we're gonna keep it going. The fourth match was 
KOPW 2022 championship match, a no rope ring out. Don't call it a sumo match between Toro Yano and our Lord and savior Taichi. Um, and what do I say about Toro Yano matches? They're great. Cause it's under five minutes. And Miho Abe was there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was... I was, when they were starting this, first of all, Tai Chi coming out in the like Noki style rope was banging. That was awesome. Oh, so and, cool. And then when they're like explaining all the rules and shit, I'm like, oh no, this is lost. Like, this is so much. And I'm like, and I think it's going to be a nightmare. But you know what? Like, the actual intro and pulling off the ropes and stuff took longer than the actual match. And I was totally fine mm-hmm. with it. One nice big judo throw, and it was over, and we get to not talk about it anymore. Sweet. I was really, um, I was kind of upset when they didn't just like while they were explaining the rules and everything like that. You could be taking the ropes off. We don't got to sit here and watch you take the ropes off. You can take the ropes off during the entry. Yeah. Uh, you know the entrances. You could take the ropes off. I while think you're they doing forgot. The, the... I, th- <laughs> I think they were like, "Oh yeah, we said we're going to do this quick whip them down." To their credit, though, those ro- ropes were off fast they were gone they were yeah that young line efficiency was pretty killer so one thing that uh while i've been here live coming at you live from the isolation station with the covids i have recently gotten into sumo like i I found a youtube channel i was recommended a youtube channel by friend of the uh friend of the podcast nicole what's up booze leprechaun and she's she's kind of been like taking me by the hand and leading me into the wonderful magical world of sumo wrestling. And I love this shit now. So it was pretty funny to see like uh, Tai Chi come out, like wearing, you know, wearing the the robe and stuff like that. And like, he always does like those sumo, like he swats his belly and he like stomps his, uh, stomps his feet and stuff like that. Um, It's cool to see where that like kind of comes from now. And um, it was really weird because I've been watching. I watched, uh, they had a Basho, a tournament in March. And I watched the entire thing, all 15 days of it. I watched in the last like three days. And it's like 30 second matches. It doesn't matter. It's fine. But like, it's funny to see those guys go at it and they're fucking slapping the shit out of each other, bashing their heads together, giving each other concussions, cutting their foreheads open and shit like that. And then Toriano and Taichi come out and do <laughs> It was, it was like, Ooh, like this, this must bullshit. be like, this must be like watching UFC or something like that after you've just watched Karate Kid. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was, it was a lot of fun and they, they found a way to make it entertaining. They found a way to make it quick. Um, tai Chi, you know, he's single-handedly saved the, uh, the t- tag team division. Well, not single-handedly. He had a partner, but they saved the tag team division, and now they're going to save King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah, Uh, he wins the KOPW Provisional Title Trophy. He's the holder. We'll say that, and uh, then he just calls out Shingo Takagi, fucking madman. The I I love that, but the the KOPW thing is a piece of shit. Like, and, and all the dumb rules and stuff. It's so overbooked. Like, I'm like, can we do away with this? Uh, if Tai Chi is going to do it and they're like, he's bringing it back or whatever, at the very least, he's got to get his own trophy. That would be awesome if he just commissioned his own, like, elaborate Tai Chi <laughs> trophy that's, like, as big as him and he carries it around and stuff because that spray painted oh, Yano piece mask, of shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah put exactly. the Tai Chi mask on it? Yeah, exactly. Great. Like, just really do that. 
that would be killer. Or his own spinner belt with the mask on it would be pretty great. Yes. <laughs> that kind of and thing. And then afterwards, so yeah, he, he challenges uh, our boy Shingo Takagi. Shingo doesn't bother to come out because like, really? Yeah. And uh, afterwards, during the during the post-match um, interview session, he again challenges Shingo Takagi. Shingo comes out and he's like, okay, sure, whatever, bro. <laughs> Taichi challenges him. Uh, he, he throws out the name Ganryojima. How, do you know what Ganryojima Island is? Oh, so oh yeah, Island. I do know what it is. <laughs> I don't know yes. It. Did he the say Antonio that? Antonio Inoki Masa Saito Island Deathmatch. He says Fuck he wants off. to bring that batch for the 50th anniversary. Against Shingo. Against Shingo. He wants to go to the island. He wants to bring back the island deathmatch. I missed that completely. Now I understand why you were so excited and I am not popping like crazy. That is the most ridiculous shit I've ever watched (laughs) in my life. And now I am so fucking pumped to see it. I'm a little bit annoyed because Shingo has has like uh, flirted with this before. When they did the stadium, him and uh, Suzuki were flirting with the idea of like an exploding barbed wire match yeah, or whatever. Barbed wire death match, they yeah. obviously did, didn't do it, and it was very disappointing to me. Uh, and then now they're talking about this. I want to see this so bad. I want them landing in helicopters on the fucking mm-hmm. thing. I want it to go for like 60 minutes or whatever the original one went for. You- do you remember in the, I think it was in the late nineties, maybe early two thousands, someone did a shot for shot remake of the movie psycho with Vince Vaughn instead, instead of Anthony Perkins. What? No. Yeah. I want them to do a shot for shot remake of, of the Island <laughs> death match with Shingo as Antonio Inoki and Tai Chi as Masa Saito. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I want them to do it completely straight face too. Like no, no smiling and winking at the camera. You do it a hundred percent, dude. Oh, it'd be great. Oh, I'm not sure it would be great. Cause I, I think if you remember watching, <laughs> it was a fucking terrible. nightmare, but like, I imagine if they did it and did it like, well, like, I don't know how you do it well, but that's, I, how did I miss this when they were talking about it? I guess, I guess it didn't twig to me. That, uh, that it was that island, you know, or whatever. I didn't even hear anything about an island. I'm so upset with myself for not being more excited about this. It's yeah, my most anticipated uh, I mean, match it, of the year. Oh, I'm so into it, bro. Imagine if Tai so Chi fucking just resurrects that as his defense place. He's just like, I'm the king oh. of pro wrestling champion. You must fly to my fucking elaborate island like I'm a Bond villain, and that's the only yes. way that you can. You come there, and there's a fucking throne, and Tai Chi's just oh. there, holy emperor. Chilling on it like Shao Kahn or something? Yeah, oh. and he's got, like, servants and shit, and, like, they just fly in different challenges where he just dispatches them on his island. <laughs> that's so fucking sick. Miho Abe's down on the beach they, like Zaplane and fucking in oh. in comes whoever like and it just runs for a like a year room, like in like in yeah. Enter the Dragon. He's like got a fucking castle grey skull, but he's just like in oh. this like skull like throne of skulls, like waiting for Dude. Ghetto. Dude. Give us the book. Give, Give us the book. 
Imagine that they just like do extensive renovations to the island, like over the course of six months, where they just build a palace and various <laughs> war rooms and traps and stuff. And Tai Chi's and just the- robe. He's not even on other shows. He just lives on the island defending this bullshit. And, and then, then he's like, the best part. And I defend my trophy. And they enter the trophy room, and it's just that little piece of shit that fucking knife <laughs> on like a pedestal with a light on it. And then the best part, my most precious. He loses possession. it on he loses it on like December twenty seventh in some fucking Karukanal show. <laughs> he doesn't even get to he doesn't even get to be declared king of pro wrestling. Nah, he loses it the last second when Yano rolls him up in the fucking you know, <laughs> in a fucking top hole and ring bag match or some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! COVID. We've COVID's killed him. Oh god! Do the test now. You'll get to have tomorrow off. I get the long COVID. Oh, fuck. all right, all right. That's I'm, I've never take... been more excited about anything now. This everything else oh, New man. Japan has offered is now irrelevant to me than Tai Chi's reign as king someone, of pro wrestling. I will give someone a shiny five pound note, Ooh. and they are shiny now because they're making it out of some weird fucking plastic. If you can, say. if you can somehow Photoshop. Tai Chi on an island in a throne for us here at the Okada Shorts Podcast. Yeah. I will I will offer you that crisp, clean, five-pound oh, note. That's hot. Please give it to us. It's all I've ever wanted. Yeah. And it won't be a bank transfer. He'll physically post you that five-pound note anywhere in the world. Dude, the postage will cost more close than enough, I'll walk. I'll walk there. They don't want that. It's You've fine. got COVID. That's true. I got COVID. I probably don't want to walk there anyway. I'll start breathing all heavy like that. Yeah, no, no. All right, on to the next one, but that's very exciting. All right, so the next match that we wanted to talk about after uh, after the break, well, actually, in the in during the break, they announced the new dates for the G one. They did. That was for exciting this year. Yeah. Did you notice anything weird about the dates? Uh, I'm not that observant. I noticed they weren't at the end of the year because the Olympics isn't on. So, well, what's mm-hmm. uh, weird about the dates? Are there more days? Like, there are more days. Yeah, because it goes for like just over a month, right? It's. I think there were two extra dates. I, I might be wrong. It might be one. Okay. But I I don't know what that means. I don't know if they're going to start doing Does a mean more people. Could be more people. It could be like, yeah, like one extra person per block, or it could be uh, that they're going to do a like a semifinal match with the two highest um, people in the block. Could be something like that. I'm not sure what it means, and I'm okay. very excited. Yeah. Cool. Now that's it. It was cool to see it return to, you know, like the middle of the year. It means it's not as long a wait for, for it. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm, I was kind of hoping for at this point that we would have had some announcements for best of the super junior since that's coming up, but actually they, they hinted that that's coming today. So before we get off the podcast, maybe we can get some breaking news. I don't know if they'll announce it first thing in the morning, yeah. but We'll see. We'll check the we'll check the feed before we finish. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, the next matchup, Hiromu Takahashi, in a losing effort to Evil, uh, for the never six man champion. Or, I'm sorry, the never open weight championship. Mm-hmm. Fifteen minutes forty seven seconds. Evil, with the evil, and he's all evil. And mm-hmm. Hiromu's pants said evil. Yeah, I like that. And. Uh, um, it was, I did love that Hiromu came out with his like misfits horror business jacket. Yeah, I was yeah. just like yes, misfits Hiromu is best Hiromu. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, it was badass. Um, also, I think it's pretty pretty worth noting that like with hyper battle, like this 
whole show went at hyper speed. Like every no match outstayed its welcome, and you know mm-hmm. New Japan was a little bit guilty of that. You know, twenty minute matches with like nothing going on and stuff like that during the COVID kind of thing, filling time. This this whole card has flown by at this point when you're watching it so fast and and so rewarding. Um, and this match was killer, man. It felt like uh, I was seeing glimpses of like original Hiromu, you know, like running on the apron, you know missile drop kicks to the outside and stuff. He was just going sick, like, the entire time. He was making sure that nobody forgot who he was. Uh, and, you know, and if he's going to be a potential contender for the open weight title, he's making sure it seems credible, you know. And he was getting the better of them. When when he went to do the sunset bomb on Evil and then Togo comes in and kicks him in the chest and then sunset bombs Evil onto Togo and stuff yes. like that. It was awesome. He was finding great new interesting ways to like get around all the, the hot the boy bullshit. shit. Yeah, so, yeah, it was great. I was really excited about how Hiromu like had such confidence. Like normally Hiromu had, had, has confidence, don't get me wrong, but he had so much confidence in this match. You can really see that he feels at home wrestling people this size now. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like we're all asking for it. We're all waiting for it to, you know, he's going to move up. He's going to move up, but like he still seemed a little small. So like compared to evil, who's not a small dude. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It's maybe it's a little bit further down the line. Still. We're all jumping the gun a little bit, but man, what a great match. This was a lot of fun. And, and the, the, even though the house of torture shit was what, ultimately did Hiromu in it wasn't overbearing and the old stuff the the old tricks that they had all kind of got caught out yeah you know? yeah so it was funny they had to, they my, had to kind of my wife was watching it with me but she uh was sort of only half paying attention at the time and she's seen a part where you know Togo's like punching Hiromu and stuff she's like I thought he was versing evil is is he versing Togo I'm like no, he's versing evil, but he's because it's House of Torture. He's versing them both, like at the same time. Yeah, like, you don't <laughs> you don't get a you don't get an evil match without Dick Togo yeah, anymore. Exactly, this is not what happens. Exactly, but yeah, it, it was still fun. Lots going on, like you said. It didn't overstay its welcome, um, and I felt like, especially like the ending sequence and and stuff like that, were flowed really well. Uh, and there was, you know, some near falls where I thought Hiromu was done or I thought Evil was done and they weren't. I like that Evil, you know, hits Hiromu with the ball shot and then Hiromu just immediately does it back to him. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. give a fuck. Like, yeah, it, you know, it, was, it was good, man. I, I really enjoyed it. And and I think if you're the two matches that are coming after this, you're like, oh, that was better than I thought it was going to be. Okay, Evil's, yeah. you know... They they're really good together, so I think they are. And I, I think like a fifteen minute House of Torture match is so much better than like you said a thirty minute House of Torture match. Exactly, and you know, I don't know. So. After that, do you feel like that feud's over? Because I, I don't know if it, it's all the way over yet. Because he wasn't really beat clean. I don't think it's I don't think it's over yet. I think it's going to be um, on the back burner for a little bit because after the match, who showed up? Oh, that's right. Tamatonga showed up after. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, Captain Handsome Tamatonga showed up. Exactly, and then you know yeah. put a bit of a a beat down on him and declared his intention for the to challenge for the never open weight. And that's where you were seeing some, you know, 
some disconcerted looks from Lower as it was going, like he, he seemed conflicted. So, yeah, I wonder whether that may come into play when the actual title match happens. I wonder whether we're going to see Lower side with Evil over his brother. Oh, man, I must have missed that. Yeah, you didn't. So. Uh, when he's on the ground and Thomas talking that shit, it showed, showed Lower and he looked conflicted. He looked sort of like he was shaking his mm. head a little bit and seemed sort of like... Like like he's oh, no. not real, and when when they put on the Hontai shirts, you know, with Tanahashi he was like the last to put it on, and was kind of like a little bit <clears throat> sus about it and stuff. I I don't think he's done with Bullet Club. I think he, uh, I don't think it's gone his way. But but Tom is in such a happy place, and you know, and so focused on you know rebuilding himself that I don't think he's seeing it. Oh no! But no oh, yeah, problems! You look, you look concerned. Trouble in paradise, yeah, buddy. Trouble exactly. in paradise. Uh, so yeah, there, there may be a brother versus brother kind of feud coming down the line. Whether Tongaloa as the House of Torture like enforcer, yeah. Oh, it could be interesting. It'd be calling it now. Yeah, I wonder what kind of match those brothers could have with each other. I wonder if that that would be. Dude, they've been having matches for thirty plus years, you know, like together, and yeah, growing exactly. up in their household for yeah. sure. Also, we don't we don't still don't know where Hikuleo is going to fall. Exactly on well, this whole thing. I you mean, would think he's, that he's automatically going to join brothers, right? but yeah, yeah, you'd think that. But which brother, though? That's the thing. If they could be a thing, if yeah. they split, you know. And he's been he's been like a hundred percent all go no quit Bullet Club like since he started. So he he may not have to worry about going with with which brother. He's he's going to say, "I'm going to join Bullet Club first. One of you guys can come to me." Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. So it's interesting. There are a lot of irons in the fire, but I think it's pretty clear that Tama is 100% out of Bullet Club. Like, and Oh, yeah, he's done. And focus on himself. But, yeah, I'm not sure about the others yet. That might be best for Tongaloa. Uh, Tongaloa, like... I think so. He's, he's good in a tag team, but if they're going to split Tama Tonga off into, into a solo run, yeah, Tongaloa, Tongaloa may not be able to follow that route. So yeah, and yeah, like maybe, you say, as like him... a HOT enforcer kind of role, you know, wearing that kind of gear, a bit more evil, standing in the way of his brother and stuff, that may be a bit more interesting for him than just being the like sidekick to Babyface yeah. Tama Tonga. And I and I feel yeah. like it benefits Tama better as well if it's him against the world rather than you know uh, with his own little team. I feel like him against yeah. the world is the most interesting. Thing like even I don't know where Jado stands or whatever. I don't really care, despite his you know hot <laughs> new babyface status. But <laughs> maybe he even drops out. But but yeah, Timer on his own is the way I would go with it. Yep, hundred percent. Uh, next match, six match was for the tag team champions, the heavyweight tag team champions, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto versus Khan on the Cob, Great Okan. I'm sorry. All hail Great Okab, sa- Great Okan, savior of the little children yeah. and master of the pancakes. Correct. Uh, all hail Great Okan and uh, Jeff Cobb. 16 minutes, almost on the nose, and Yoshihashi gets whipped into the tour of the islands. We have new tag team champions, Jeff Cobb and all hail Great Okan. I love this. I was having so much fun watching this good. match. It was good, and I, I, there was a few times there where I didn't think they were going to do it. You know, I thought I thought they were going to mm-hmm. retain. So, yeah, no, nah, it was cool. Shout out to Great Okan, man. What a, a real-life hero. How you keep him as, like, a bad guy in the, you know, United Empire now that he's, like, a saviour of children 
in the streets of Japan, a vigilante. Uh, vigilante Basically justice. Batman. Yeah, exactly. Just eating pancakes and saving lives is like pretty amazing. I I just have to like think about this whole situation. Like little girl trying to, you know, someone, some dude's trying to grab her out of nowhere. You, I I want to believe that he was in full gimmick. Oh, he was in full you gimmick. Know? Like he would have like had the hat on and the the hat, yeah. Question mark exactly. over his face. <laughs> he comes out. He's got the he's got the the mouthpiece in. Oh, he's with got the, the, mouth like, the fangs on it and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Oh man! You know how they said and he you, detained him until the the police came. I like to believe he somehow found something he could put him into in the corner, and then he could just sit on him. You know, like he does in the turnbuckles yeah. with his. Like... Or he's got him. He's got him in that iron claw grip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just got him. Down. <laughs> just, like like. Baron Von Rashke like, just like squishing his head. People, uh, like, unless you've been to Japan a lot or understand how that culture works, that entire situation, like, doesn't happen in Japan. You know what I mean? We're from Western countries. We're used to hearing about crime and horrible things and stuff like that. Whenever I've been to Japan, it feels like the safest place in the entire world. That's why, like, a little girl would be going home on the train on her own, like, at night around drug people and stuff. You know what I mean? Like nobody worries about anything like that because it's Japan, you know, and and it polices itself quite a lot. And so for that situation to happen and then for him to even do something, like the Japanese people can be very like keep to themselves too, you know, mm-hmm. like especially around Tokyo and stuff. Everybody's very quiet and respectful of other people. See. And I could... 100% see a scenario where some kind of drama like that would be happening and people would just walk past it just because they're like, I, it's none of my business. I need to keep going. I don't know what's happening. I'm very polite. I'm not going to be that, you know? So the fact that that happened and then just Okan's there, just like a total unit certified shooter and just goes, nah, bitch, this not, not yep. on my watch, like, and just shuts it down is just legendary. Like, it's just... Oh, man. Such great timing, you know, like, and then how they're just like, who are you and what happens? And he's just like, I'm the great Okan from New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can watch me every week on TV. And like, and then just fucking strolls off into the night. Like, what a fucking unit, man. (laughs) So awesome. What an absolute (laughs) fucking unit. What a hero. That was one thing that like when I was watching it and there was a few near falls and stuff and I thought they weren't going to do it. But I was like, he can't not win now. He's got to be a champion. Uh, You know what I mean? The eyes are on him of like Japan eyes are on him. So put a title on him and you know, show him winning. And how do you, how do you keep him as a, as a heel in this, at this point, they fucking, they fucking did it. He came out with his, with his commendation letter, like framed, put it in everybody's face and was like, you have to shake my hand. You have to shake my hand. Is and you have what, to call me. Is that a hero. what that was? Is that yeah. like? So I missed that part. Sorry, I was doing some uh, some different bits and pieces while while watching this. But so I saw him holding that big plaque, and I didn't know what it was. Is that what it was? It was like his commendation, yeah. like hero award, and then he was just yep. is and <laughs> that's so you funny. You have to call me a hero. You have to say I'm a hero. You have to shake my hand, man. Get over here and say how much you love me. Oh, it was so great. That's so funny. It was See, so oh, great. And, you know, I was finishing some chores. I saw him, like, shaking hands with people, and I was like, oh, it's okay. They're, they're kind of, like, hinting that he's, like, the 
you know, the nicer one of the pair and then cobbled it to it or whatever. I didn't realise that, like, he's carrying it around like a, an award. That's the coolest shit of all time. I can't wait till he uses that as a weapon and breaks it over somebody's head. Oh, it's going to be awesome. What an absolute brain for the business, eh? That's so oh. good, man. That's so good. I didn't know that. That's yeah, wicked. so great, great match. Uh, Jeff Cobb looked like a monster. Like, yeah. he was going around and just, like, I think it was a there was a control spot where Yoshihashi had him in like a knee bar. And I thought that that was going to oh, be the end of I it. I thought that was a wrap. That's selling on there from Cobb. Like I thought, I thought it was over. Yeah. So, so that he was selling, he was selling like a champ. He's been, you know, he's had problems with his knee and things like that. And yeah. we, so we've seen those, those, those little trails. And a credit to, to how moment. far that Yoshihashi's come as well, that we could believe that he could win that because there was a time not that long ago that I would have been like, not even, thinking it was over because, uh, to me, Yoshihashi was like nobody, you know? And they've mm-hmm. completely rehabilitated him and made him and Goto such a threat that I'm like, they're just going to fucking win this again, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was a fun flip. I think they're going to be a really dominant tag team, and, and I think the belts serve their purpose to, you know, rehabilitate Yoshihashi and Goto, uh, and it'll be interesting to see what they do next. They should have really, side note, they should have really had matching tag gear, though. Once they became champions, they should have both been in that Goto dark blue, you know, and felt like a unit. But Yoshihashi still had his same terrible gear. Well, they both had had sticks. Yeah. Maybe that was their thing. Yeah, I need colors. I need matching colors and gear. Dude, Yoshihashi came out in... UE gear. He came out in United Empire gear. Yeah, he was like green, 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 gold, and white and black. Fucking idiot! Just splash out fucking once and just get to go, Godo. Get your gear, dude. See what I'm wearing now. Just have them make it in that expensive fabric that you're in. That like nice dark blue, and we'll be a tag team. I bet he tried, and Godo was like, "Can't do it, brother." That doesn't yeah, work for I me. I got to buy my kids. I got to save for my kids' college expenses and stuff. I can't buy new gear today. I, th- I think it's. I don't think he was expecting him to pay for it, but I like to think that Godo's like, mm, it's pretty exclusive. I'm not really sure I want to share my look with. <laughs> what they should have done. What they should have done is remember when Yoshihashi used to have that like, like hot pink and like neon green gear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They should have put they should have put Goto in hot pink in the hungry. <laughs> that would have been sick, actually. I had no problem with that. That would have been oh, awesome. Like I love that. Like hot pink's my thing. I've, yeah. I've been painting hot pink on every miniature yeah. I paint lately. Well, it's but, a, it's a great color. I also really enjoy pink. That said, for sure. I feel like Yoshihashi just should have worn a color that wasn't United Empire. Is the, yes, is the bigger absolutely. problem? You know. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um, Got to think that through, Yoshi. Come on, guys. Yoshihashi, friend of the podcast, Yoshihashi, yeah. give us a call. Yeah. We're going to talk you through this, bro. We got you. We, we got all your fashion tips sorted. All right. So mm-hmm. absolute banger, though. Another one for the card. And then we're, we're starting into the real fire now. Yes. Okay. So this is the match that I feel like fell through the cracks up until this day. I had to put out the tweet. I had to call people out on it. And I said, you know, with all the stuff going around with Hiromu, with all the stuff going around with Tamatanga, with all the stuff going around with Zach and, and Okada, this match fell through the cracks, and I said, you guys are about to see a fucking banger. This shit is going to bop. El Desperado, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, challenge, or get, winning over show, uh, Murder Machine show, with the Pinche Loco what a great in 20 minutes and 33 seconds. God damn, what a fucking match this was, Dude, man. another one where I'm like, he's going to fucking lose this. 
Show is going to win oh. this match was how it felt by the end. And I'm like, and that's when, a fucking travesty, but I'm kind of here for it. And like, when Despy like fell off the ring apron and just like folded in half over the barrier. Oh, I thought he'd broken his hip. Like, oh. like he was done. I was like, he's a madman. How's he still fucking, how, how is he still fucking walking right now? He must have a bruise today. Like no other, you know, like oh, yeah. just absolute devastation. I was like, they're just going to call it. Like it's just going to be inaudible and it's going to be over. But yeah, it uh, again, like we talked about with, you know, like the Sonata injury or whatever, not that he was injured, but it, it just added to the match. There was a real, there was real peril there. And then, and they just turned it out, man. It was, it was absolutely awesome. I would say probably shows best match ever. I, I don't think that's yeah. uh that's an exaggeration in any way. He's shows had a lot of really great matches with uh, Robbie, with Hiromu and things like that. But this was, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this and the, the main, both get fives from stinky uncle dave this was an absolute master class in in fun and it was the way for them to do like the house of torture stuff like 100 percent right it was so good when when show started tearing desperado's match or mask i got fucking lit i was like they're gonna do the super handsome despy again we're gonna get to see that beautiful face that's hidden under that mask i love it when despy doesn't give a fuck when his mask comes off it like to the point where it's like why even try and bro because he'll just still murk you like while while it's off like but but what it served to do was don't you think it, it changed the facial expression of the mask so there was a point later on where, where he was screaming and because the I had changed because it had been ripped and stuff. He looked even more manic than normal. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that, the tears to the mask made him, yeah, like you said, sinister and made him look even more brutal than normal. And I was like, that's interesting. It kind of like changed the the eye expression. Yeah, it's, oh God. And speaking of another so one where, where a, a submission, I thought he was fucking gone as well. He was laying there and it was so close and he's oh, like, and, sure his little, that, like... And his little eyes rolling into the back of his head and I'm like, fuck, this is a wrap. And then he just flings his leg like and gets it onto the thing in the, at the last second. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was good. It was really good. Yeah. The, when show was working his, he was working his arm. It was an arm match, right? Cause uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Cause yeah. uh, Despy was having trouble like getting him up for, for like guitar Adele on hell and stuff like that. So like, that was that was really cool that he he had to like kind of force himself to pull out the pinche loco. He knew he couldn't he couldn't win with the numero dos because he didn't have the arm strength to like hold show in yeah. place and stuff. Yeah, fucking great! What a master class and yeah. awesome. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Um, so such shorts to there. Yeah. Was, yeah. We've we've stopped even talking. We haven't given several matches in a row ratings because oh. the whole the whole show is short so there's nothing to really talk about there yeah um but yeah it it was literally killer i w- i would recommend it and i think it really shows where show is gonna be mm-hmm. uh, and what it, what he can be i'm I, oh do I you know remember that, like, that slap yeah. there was like a, a uh they were brawling in the crowd and there was one part where desperado slapped show across his chest and show sold it like he died he just goes ah it just falls to the ground <laughs> it's like a death in a video game like he just completely oh, fucking like died. yeah it, that's literally his face he was just ah as he just like crumpled to the ground it was so funny 
Despy's got heavy hands, dude. I wouldn't doubt yeah, that that yeah. was a shoot reaction. Though. Exactly. It was like, that's literally what it was. He just died and then froze in place as he collapsed to the ground. Oh, God. It, well, you know, funny face show. Like, there are very few that can pull funny faces like show can. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. I'm I like it. I like it. the nickname Murder Machine. That's cool. Oh, it's so cool, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. What was he before? Like, Shock Arrow or something? Like uh, it was something to do with, like, what was it? High da- high voltage show or something yeah, like that. Something like that. Yeah, something exactly. Like that. Murder machine. <laughs> it's quite a bit better. Murder machine. Better. Sounds like a sounds like a Death Clock album. Yeah, I know. That's sick. That's a great. <laughs> Dig it. Um, yeah, shorts. Hundred yep. percent. Please, please watch this match. It is awesome. Tiny shorts. If you're if you're an El Desperado fan, or if you're not a House of Torture fan, this might change your mind because, like I said, it was it was the House of Torture stuff done right. And Desperado is, he's an absolute ace. Like, I don't know why anybody was sleeping on this match, though it was, it was bound to be fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nah, it was, it was killer, man. It was really, really good. Do you think that they're going to change the junior heavyweight belt? <sighs> I mean, there's the possibility to do it right. It doesn't really match now because it, before, no. like, before it used to kind of match the V4, it was kind of like the mini version of yeah. that. The V4, the IC belt, and the junior belt all shared that same sort of lineage. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, they definitely could. I wouldn't like it to be exactly the same. I'd like it to maybe have its own vibe completely so it doesn't yeah. feel like the baby belt, like so it feels like its own league. would be cool. would be really cool. Like, yeah, because the, the, the US belt, the Never belt, and the – tag team belts and stuff like they all look different there is no common visual language with any of those belts anymore yeah so it would be really cool to to have the and i mean maybe it's maybe they've they've given it its own visual language by not changing it i guess but it's still it's just a reminder it's just a little a hole in my heart yeah i I, I think i think they could change it up while we're talking about belts as well we obviously talk about matches and we skipped over the little uh thing where sonata came out and had to relinquish uh the u.s title as well i think that mm-hmm. happened somewhere before this um he was looking great but obviously his uh orbital bone needs more time so he has to give up the u.s title it's his first singles title uh and he's like i want to relinquish it to tanahashi the man who held it before me who i respect and then will osprey comes out like fuck no that's not happening on my watch governor shim shim chiru and then uh <laughs> <laughs> and then tanahashi comes out and it was like a fun little thing but it's like you know sonata's in full baby face mode and it is all about him and respects him and both tanahashi and sonata dropped english here making me love them both um and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Osprey versus Tanahashi, which is a killer. I'm not sure I've seen that before or not in a, a kind of, you know, big singles program. Uh, and then also it's kind of, I guess, what what I sort of wanted a little bit for Sonata, which was some time off and uh, and kind of a bit of a rebuild for him. You know, hopefully, you know, his eye is okay and everything and, and – we look back in, I don't know, a year going like that injury was the best thing that ever happened to him. He took time away. They re-debuted him and, you know, he worked on things and, and comes back on fire. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, prayers prayers for Sonata. Mm-hmm. Thoughts and prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really hope that the dude can, really hope that the dude can come back 
with more fire than he's ever had before, because that's what everybody wants to see from him. You, me, the American people, the Japanese people, the, you know, everyone, they want, they want to see Sonata show a little fire and yeah, like and he, was getting he can still, he can still be the, the super cool dude, you know, just show fire during your matches and things like that. Anyway, I hope that that, that time off is good for him. I hope he heals up and I hope he comes back better than ever. So that would be fantastic. I feel of, so fucking. Yeah. <laughs> predictions of Tanahashi versus uh, Osprey. Ooh, um, I think it would be cool to have Osprey holding the RevPro British heavyweight belt and the U.S. Heavy, uh, heavyweight belt. I think yeah. that they could do something fun with that. Um, yeah, I, I oh, having Big Red and the new Big uh, Big Union Jack uh, belt would be super fun. Yeah, like that yeah. would look really great on Osprey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Osprey on this one. I think there's more that we can do with him than we, than we would be able to do with Hanahashi. Yeah, I think so too. And he's a, he's a bit more well traveled. You know, I mean, he's popping up in the US all the time and things like that. I th- I think it would be more actively, um, yeah, defended. And they said it was going to be at the like that dome show they've got coming up, right? Uh, uh, Dominion, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no, not Dominion. Sorry, uh, Duntaku. Yeah, Duntaku. So yeah, so May first, I think. Okay, and is that before or after the Moxley match he's got coming up? After. after Moxley matches this weekend. Oh, really? Oh, that's coming in hot. Yeah. Wow, he must have yeah, been straight on a plane after that event. Okay, crazy. He did, yeah, they were saying he was going to get straight on a plane, go to the strong taping, and then straight up to to Chicago and ready to ready to roll. Jesus, uh, yeah. that's a that's a schedule. Respect. All right, then. Yeah. I guess uh, without further ado, it's time to talk about the main event. All right, so their main event, the eighth match. IWGP Sika Hibiku, uh, World Heavyweight Championship, fourth champion Kazuchika Okada in his third defense against the New Japan Cup 2022 winner Zeko Sabo Jr. Oh my God, this was so much fun! 28 minutes, 25 seconds. Okada wins by Rainmaker, just barely. Yeah. This whole match, Zach was. I'm going to tap you out. I'm going to take your arm. I'm going to take that Rainmaker arm from you. I'm going to snap it off. I'm going to put it on a mantle above my fireplace and you won't be able to hit me with this, with this rainmaker. I'm going to tap you out. I'm going to tap you out. I'm going to tap you out. Then at some point he's worked that arm to the point where like it's killing Okada. Every time he throws a punch, every time he throws a chop, every time he does anything, but Zach sees that he's still throwing those punches. He's still throwing those chops. And Zach goes, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to try and win any way I can. I'm not just going to try and tap him out. I'm going to hit him. I'm trying to hit him with the Zach driver. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and, you know, roll him up. I don't even give a shit. It's it's win now. I'm, I'm He yeah. did not stick to his battle plan, and he ended up losing. And I think that's exactly what happened. If he would have kept working that arm, you know, kayfabe, here we go. If he would have kept working that arm, he could have won the match. He did not stick to his game plan, and it lost him. And I think that's, he started, that's the story they're going to tell. He started to panic kind of thing. Like, it, yep. Yep. he was like, it needs to work faster. And that you see that as well. Like, he goes for the the Zack driver at that point. Okada counters it and then hits him with his own Zack driver. You know, like, he's he's ready for the it. The landslide, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just, you know, flips it around on him. And that's always the story of Okada. You know, he's always got those counters and stuff um, ready to go. And, yeah, it just... 
when he was finally able to shoot it off and just hits him with one rainmaker and it's over. Like that was it. Bang. I thought I thought that they might have him kick out of the rainmaker since he'd been working the arm for so long, but like I, I was, my heart was actually pounding. Like I. I was sitting there. I'm like, oh my god, is he gonna kick out of the? Is he gonna kick out? He's been working that arm. He couldn't possibly hit him with it. And like, nah, it's the rainmaker, son. Yeah, it's, it's a one right. shot kill. Yeah, I like that he's not like he really protects that finish. Like, um, like he now, said, he yeah, spent finally. he spent a year plus rehabilitating it, and so he's not he's not getting to the point where it it takes multiple hits on that unless there's a very good reason, you know. So yeah, yeah exactly. It, it's a wrap when you get done with that, and Zach just. Dropped like a sack of shit. Basically, there was no no flips or anything like that. It was just bang hits him and, it, and it's over, like just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and as a a new English person, as a newly minted Englishman, my heart sank. Yeah, I I was so conflicted, and I I had an argument. I don't know if you've listened to the new episode of Smart that came out the other day, Smart Foundation podcast with my my friend Shane Campbell. What up, Shane? And um. I had a fight with him on there, basically. <laughs> I haven't listened we to talking, it. I will have to listen to it. We were having a, a talk with uh, about this match specifically, and I said that I wanted Zack Sabre to win, and he's like, you fucking call yourself an Okada fan. You come out here, you said you wanted Shingo to win at Wrestle Kingdom. You say you want fucking you know, Zack to win now. Like You're just coming out here, and he's like, this is the third time since we started this fucking podcast, <laughs> and I've heard you talk shit about Okada and say that you want Okada to lose. It's like, no, no, no. I don't want Okada to lose. I want Zach to win. There's a difference. You did say that I'm before not when we against spoke. Okada. Yeah. <laughs> you said you're never rooting against Okada. You're just rooting I for the other never guy. root against Okada. Yeah. But imagine, imagine like Okada in taking, like in verbally submitting, not even tapping out, in having to verbally submit to, to Zach Sabre Jr. could have sent Sabre into the fucking stratosphere it would it would have i think um i mean i mean i will talk about before it happens just like surely there's no way like okada's only just got the title and there's gonna be run stuff i'm like yeah more than likely but at the moment mm-hmm. they're throwing things at the wall and changing it up and it's a new title that doesn't have that super long lineage and stuff i'm like they might just flip it you know what i mean like, yep. they might just go bang we'll do it he may like I was like if he gets it, I don't see like a huge you know devastating run for for Zach or anything like that. And I imagine that Okada would be getting it back, but I mean they might just do it for shock and awe. You know, so I was definitely watching it like, oh, is this it? You know, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was really good. Um, it was a, a shorts match for sure, um, and yeah, they they they're great together. So, so there's no they no they are so much fun to watch. Yeah, I. <sighs> I feel like so I'm gonna, I'm going to say it now like Zach's going to win the belt. Yeah. I don't know when, but it's it didn't come home today, but it's coming home. Yeah. They're planning they're home. planting the seeds that he's a title contender. Like absolutely. Sure. And I mean they have before, but it feels like even more so like he's right there. Is is Zach Sabre Jr. the best worker in the company right now? No, but he's he's up there. He's right. Who's, who's the who's the better who's the better worker? Akata's the best. Fair. All right. Yeah. Akata's the best. And there, there may be like others that have you know may, maybe more physical gifts or you know or uh, I don't know more dynamic movesets or anything like that. But Akata is the best. Like he is consistent. Like when you look at his 
resume when you look at, like, show me somebody that's got more, like, five, six, seven star matches and stuff than Okada with a, a variety of opponents. Like, he's the best. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely the best. Like, and... Oh, yeah, I was telling somebody, I was, uh, my new friend James, that I that I made the other day, I said, you know, like, Kenny Kenny's had five-star matches since he left New Japan. Mm-hmm. He ain't had no seven-star matches. Yeah. Since exactly. he left Japan, and like Okada <laughs> just brings it out of everybody. I mean, Kenny does too. I'm not saying he's necessarily better than Kenny. They, they were both like, it was like two of the best in the world in the same place at the same time, which is why they were so magical together. But like, yeah, yeah I I just think so much of Okada. You know what I mean? And he's still so young, and like, yeah, he's always so creative. Yeah, I, he's the best. Like uh, for me, absolutely at the moment. But then that final four of the New Japan Cup, you could argue that they're the four best in in the company. Like yeah. uh, Zach, Shingo, Naito, in no particular order, you know, they're definitely right up there. And then, then you'd have, I guess, you'd probably well, have Osprey uh, creep in there as well, I think. And you then could still uh, put Tanahashi in. Yeah, you and then still you, put could, Tanahashi you could still put Tanahashi in there too. You know what I mean? That, there's like a... I'd say maybe even Kota Ibushi. Yeah, yeah, on the on the day, and and then you've got Jay White as well. The, like you've got, you've got some it's just of the murderers row. Yeah, you've it's got an some absolute of the best fucking the hit world. parade, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. You've got abs- some of the absolute best wrestlers in the world in that company, and they all any given day can be the best wrestler in the world, depending on what it is. But Okada's probably still the best of all. I feel like he's one, and then everybody else is right behind him. Yeah, we we almost rebranded the entire uh, program from Okada shorts to Okan's nipples, uh, just, <laughs> but but it's we okay. We, we'll have to get we'll have to get riff your pod on the uh, Okan's nipples song. <laughs> we would have done it, but I I couldn't afford another another um <laughs> theme. <laughs> so shout out riff your pod. You- Anybody needs podcast music or wrestling intro themes or anything like that, hit him up at riff your pod. Making great themes on the spot. Um, so as it comes down, we've said it the entire time, man, an absolute shorts of a show. Can't recommend Hyper Battle enough. If you're wanting to, you know, reboot your love of New Japan or even wanting to get into it, even if you don't want to sit through the entire New Japan Cup, you can just start now. Watch Hyper Battle and then be right on for everything else. Everything's where it needs yeah. to be. You're good to go. I think I think you're 100% right. Actually, you know what I think they should do? Listen to our, our oeuvre our entire podcast history here, mm-hmm. uh, all three <laughs> episodes that we've done. Um, take, take the match suggestions for the new Japan cup. Um, and, and like, this is, this is the expanded, this is the Lord of the Rings expanded editions that people try to get you to watch. All you got to watch the four hour cut. Yeah. So yeah, you got to listen to our entire podcast and then play them again and again and again, just leave them on repeat. <laughs> and, and then, uh, then you watch the matches that we recommend all the shorts then, uh, then yeah, watch this entire fucking show because Hyper Battle was the tits. It was, it was sick. And then we're on to what's next. So, uh, and yeah, we're going to be looking at Best of the Super Juniors pretty soon, mm-hmm. G1. And yeah, I think we're just, New Japan's in a really good place after this. So, uh, it's we've chosen be, a good time to start the show. I'm very excited. Yeah. Let's look at, okay, it's almost 10 p.m., or I'm sorry, 10 a.m. in Tokyo. Do you think? They might have made an announcement today because they were hinting. They were hmm. saying. Let's have a quick there's... look. 
should have been uh, Googling this instead of talking so it wouldn't seem as no. awkward as we look. doesn't like. look like it. There's nothing on nothing on their news yet, Yeah, okay, unfortunately. Then. What's worth expect, a try? Expect a big announcement directly after we uh, hit, you know, finish recording this episode. <laughs> exactly, within seconds we'll, after shutting it down. Yeah, we'll cover it on our, on our social media, though, on the podcast Twitter, on our individual Twitters, on our Instagrams, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, follow us there so you can get the latest updates and basically me just posting match graphics and going LFG. Tell uh, tell the people where to find those. What are what are the handles? They can definitely find those. Okay, so on Twitter, uh, you can find Rafe at Faces Feels Cast. You can find myself at El Destructo eighty three, and you can find the show at Okada Shorts. That's easy peasy. Easy peasy. Uh, and yeah, we're going to be, you know, up and on all your regular platforms, your Spotify, your Google podcast, your iTunes. So get in there, hit subscribe, rate and review if you can, and, uh, we'll keep on churning them out. That's how we do. Exactly. And it's a, those, those exact same things on Instagram too. It's not just in uh, Twitter. It's like all three of those same handles on Instagram. Yep, yeah, exactly. We nailed it. Who Fuck knew yeah. that nobody else would have that at Okada shorts po- podcast, uh, it's such a popular uh, name. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had to, we've, we've been parking it for like three years. Didn't know. even know each other. It's ready to go. Um, as far as our schedule goes, I'm about to go on leave and be traveling. So I wonder when we're going to record next, but it will, uh, we'll figure that out and we'll be in your ear holes. Oh, look at that. We've absolutely janked it. Our next recording date is in the middle of my holiday. So we'll uh, probably change up the, the schedule and we'll record the week after, I would say. So maybe we'll record I again. Will be, on I will be out of town. I'll be in Wales. On the 29th? The week after. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, no, wait. Yeah, we we leave on the 29th. Okay. For Wales. Mm, maybe we'll do it earlier that week. Either way, that's a problem for Curtis and I, not a problem for the listener. So let's, uh, yeah, let's uh, figure it out and we will have the next episode in your ear holes. Housekeeping, as as housekeeping off the microphone. Housekeeping off the microphone. But, you know, it gives people a realistic look, the life and times of a pro wrestling podcaster. So, oh, man. Yeah, that's it. We're awesome. I know, right? <laughs> and so modest. And handsome. Um, dude, I want to thank you so much for your time. I hope your COVID is better. I hope you can return to work tomorrow, but only if you're ready to do so. Uh, and for everybody out there, for Curtis and for myself, remember, keep it short. This has been a Countout Podcast.